Hello and welcome to episode six of the Long Story Short podcast. I am delighted to have the lovely Kira O'Connor on today for a chat. Kira is an online coach and works with people who have a history or pattern of disordered eating habits and who finally want to stop dieting and just learn how to make their goals sustainable long term. Kira does a brilliant job at shining a light on eating disorders, disordered eating and binge eating. Given my own history with an eating disorder, this is one of the main reasons why I started following Kira, as she does a great job at educating people on how they can create a balanced lifestyle. In this podcast, we mainly touch on how to improve your relationship with food and body image. This is something I could have chatted to Kira all day about, so I really hope you enjoy. Hi, Kira, and welcome to the Long Story Short podcast. It's so lovely to have you. Thank you for having me, as always. Kira, I kind of did a little bit of a stalk on your Instagram, and I, like I was just chatting to you beforehand, um, we have so much in common, which um, I think is incredible. You're, I think, kind of similar age to myself, working in the, in the industry for you know not so long, um, but you also work a lot um, with clients on building their relationship with food. So before I kind of you know, tell the listeners too much about you. I am going to ask you to just kindly introduce yourself and tell us who you are, what you do and who you work with. Okay, amazing. Um, This question actually never, ever gets easier. And I don't know why I hate it so much, but I do. Um, I, It must be, it's definitely something within me. But anyways, hello, <laughs> my name is Kira O'Connor. Um, I am an online coach. And as Vicky said, I actually am not in the industry that long. But luckily enough, I feel like I've found my niche. And it obviously comes from my background as well. So I have obviously had eating disorders, disordered eating and binge eating. So kind of all three of them. Um, so that's exactly the clientele that I work with now, not specifically eating disorders because I'll always refer out for that, but the likes of disordered eating and just feeling guilty after certain foods <clears throat> and just anybody who really just wants to improve their relationship with food. Um, but I do have a lot of clients who are, fat loss as well and just want to work on the both of them simultaneously and I'm sure we'll obviously chat about that as well in the podcast that like both can be done depending on the person but um yeah that's kind of what I do I just help people with their relationship with food and it's absolutely amazing and it's so rewarding and I don't think I really do anything else other than that brilliant um and we were chatting a lot as well beforehand like when you're passionate about you know working with a certain client or you know just about your work in general I know it sounds so cheesy but it is the best feeling ever like just getting that feedback from clients being like you know what I went uh for holidays uh, last week and you know there was zero guilt I'm feeling great when, once I've come back I'm ready to get back to routine etc etc it's such an empowering feeling um, and I don't think like a lot of our clients would recognize that maybe that like we get this burst of energy being like oh my God, they, they had a, such a massive win, you know, the past week. So, um, and I definitely see that, or even just from like five minutes of chatting to you, um, recognize that. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt. Um, yeah, I think obviously we had a chat before we came on here, but I was actually hadn't had this conversation yesterday in the gym. One of the girls was just trying to figure out where, like what she wanted to do. And as cringy as it does sound, I'm like, okay, well you have a passion for helping people. So don't let that die out. Just because I think when you don't do something for quite some time, the not passion doesn't go, it's always there, but I think you just lose sight of what you actually really, really like to do. And I think sometimes you get so caught up with coaching that you forget the main reason that you got into this was to help someone. And you can lose sight of that, obviously, with so many different things going on. But I think sometimes having the check-ins and having those wins that you just mentioned, like sometimes like when I'm working with someone who's working on a relationship with food or whatever, like that genuinely because I know what it's like to be there it like it actually it's like it brings tears to my eyes because I'm like this is literally me in somebody else so yeah yeah it's just it's such a rewarding job as cringy as that may sound I know and it it, it really really is and um, so I suppose let's kind of start with what does having a healthy relationship with food look like okay great question um to me and I suppose even if to the research um, and from even doing EIQ, I think it looks like unconditional permission to eat. Now, that doesn't look like unconditional permission of like having a Mars bar for breakfast, lunch and dinner. But it's like you have the permission. You're an adult. You know that you can have those foods. You make the decision to have those foods. And you just like, I don't want to say live with the consequences, but you just 
you allow yourself to have it rather than thinking oh shit if I have this this means x y and z you just have it without thinking because you want it and I think so many people get mixed up thinking like oh like people who intuitively eat just eat whatever the fuck they want every single day and it's just not the case at all it's about eating for health and that's what I always say to clients is that there's such a big difference and I know you probably relate to it from obviously working on your relationship with food and healing I suppose that aspect of yourself is that like you'll get to a stage when I say to clients who come to me who work like want to work on a relationship with food and I say to them you'll get to a stage where you'll want you'll make a choice based on food not because of anything else other than health or benefit or it's going to add to your life and so many of them are like no I could never imagine saying no to a takeaway I could never imagine saying no to chocolate but the reality is, is that you'll get to that place because you'll like you'll be like oh no actually I don't want chocolate because it doesn't feel like it's in like it's in it's gone anywhere I, I know that it's always going to be there I don't necessarily need this chocolate and it's not like how it used to be where I just feel like I have to have it because I feel like it's going somewhere you know or because I'm going to go back into restriction on Monday so like to me that's what I suppose a healthy relationship with food or a good relationship with food looks like is that you're not obsessing you're not feeling guilty you're not obsessed with numbers you're eating based on the fact that you want to feel good in yourself and you want to do it for health not because you're like oh my god this has so many calories in it I can't have that Mm -hmm. and something that's I suppose really hard to wrap our heads around um, when you're struggling with your relationship with food is that restriction is actually going to make this harder. Like restriction only increases your want for whatever food you're telling yourself you can't have. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really hard because I think if we go on to Instagram, we're constantly told like calorie deficit restriction, which Mm -hmm. yes, scientifically that's true. But for me, it's always about what is your mindset behind the action that you take? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking as you, you know, make certain choices with your nutrition? Um, so, yeah, I think what you said there is, makes so much sense. And something as well that we were saying beforehand, it, it's constantly for me anyways, a, a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Like where I was seven years ago was in hospital and a horrific place mentally mm-hmm. where I was five years ago was a lot better obviously than where I was seven years ago but I still struggled with my relationship with food despite still looking quote-unquote healthy on the outside three years ago I met my boyfriend and probably for me even though he probably doesn't even realize it one of the best things that ever happened for me in my relationship with food because he is so chilled so laid back I've kind of taught him how to eat vegetables and right. he's kind of taught me how to sit on the couch on a Saturday night and get a takeaway so for me it's a constant um growing process and improvement process that you know each holiday will be a kind of okay here's another opportunity to challenge myself or each night out will be an opportunity to challenge myself and I think when we look at it like that yeah as opposed to oh I'm terrified I don't want to do this I'm backing out again easier said than done but I think it's a much easier scenario yeah I think that's actually that's a really really nice way to put it is that like it's um, I suppose it's a constant thing but I think when people like anyone who's obviously listening to this I don't want you to think that like oh god it's it's constant mental strain that you constantly have to think about it's not at all what we mean by constant work in progress is just that it's like it's something that you'll always like I even still have wins to this day and I'm here I am coaching people but I know that there's other coaches big coaches in the industry who do this and who are still having wins themselves maybe fucking 10 years down the line but it's the same for me it's like even this Christmas was such a big win even though I've already done a Christmas where my relationship with food is healthy but every Christmas or every holiday or just anything like that like even last year I didn't diet going up to a holiday and that was a huge thing for me because I always felt so insecure going away that that to me was a little win or even buying a box of cereal that I don't have to eat all in one go is huge and that's what we mean by a constant progress is that you'll constantly have wins and like I know with fat loss it's like okay well once you you know once you get to an end goal the goal is obviously to maintain it but with your relationship with food it's like it's like a never-ending just I don't know I don't know what the word is for it but it's like you just constantly get rewards from it and it's like people people think it's this monotonous process of where you have to gain fat and you know you have to eat everything in sight it's actually so much better than that and it's actually a really beautiful process and like for you to even be able to share that with like a loved one and he mightn't even know that he has helped you 
that's absolutely amazing as well Mm. yeah I think it's it's one of those like you're saying kind of kind of work in progress that is actually the better you get at it the more freeing it is and the less stressful it is which is so important Mm -hmm. for people to to understand and I obviously just kind of from my own experience will say to anybody that working towards that you you, there's no better feeling it's so rewarding yeah and it's not that you have to think about constantly either like I don't think now oh shit I'm gonna like you know this is gonna be a huge challenge for me it's just like I do it and it's like sometimes I'll reflect on it and be like oh wow like remember I used to binge then or remember I used to do x y and z or like when I'm feeling a really intense emotion it's like oh remember we used to run to foods now we don't so like it's not like you you're mentally strained thinking about it it's just like sometimes you'll reflect on it afterwards and it's like oh yeah I used to do that and now I don't and it's great yeah it's it's amazing and I think it's important for anybody to acknowledge those wins don't don't rush by them and think oh it's not that big a deal like celebrate them write it down and just I say to people so much like sit back for at least 60 seconds and just say I did that this week and I wasn't doing that last week or last month or six months ago or a year ago. Yeah. Um, it's so, so important because that's how you will keep going, essentially. Agreed. Um, by acknowledging that, those wins. So I suppose kind of what would you, each client is going to be different for you, especially when it comes to relationship with food. But are there any or is there somewhere specific that you would start when it comes to working with a client on improving their relationship with food? Um, I think... I think I usually will just start with, I suppose, trying to identify their triggers. So I'm not going to say for every client, but a lot of clients, it's usually probably intense emotions or it's a certain emotion that will then lead them to turn to food. But it could be this like this is how broad it is, but it, it makes it, it makes working with these people so not exciting that they're going through, but exciting to show them, OK, it's coming from it may be coming from here if we look at this part maybe we can work on on our relationship with food or we can start there but like for some people it could just be genuinely unhappy in their job come home like and I think it's such an Irish thing it's like I would have seen my mom come home like after a bad day and be like oh yeah I'll just get a takeaway like it's so normalized to when you're having a quote-unquote bad day it's like we'll just use food to you know deal with that or we'll use something and for other people it could be drink for other people it could be drugs or whatever but for some of us or nine times out of ten of us it's food so if I can help someone identify what their triggers are and then we go from obviously what their triggers are to then okay can we minimize them so let's just say for example it's stress stress is never going to be completely gone out of your life but I think even for me when I was dealing with my relationship with food I added so much stress onto myself just by trying to be perfect, just trying to do everything at once. And I think sometimes you'll see that in clients. It's like, okay, I guess super stressed. But if you look at their life, it's like they have 101 things going on. And on top of that, then they're having like the all or nothing mentality with food. It's like your body is in like is in, is in stress mode. So the only way it knows how to cope with that is through food, because that's the only thing it's probably learned, you, you've learned through your life. So I do think it's starting with obviously people's triggers identifying them but like a relationship with food is it's it's so funny like I had a client joined me in November after I'd done my talk on um like improving your relationship with food and stuff like that and it was just like it's like you have to ease them in and you have to see how this person works so it's like unfortunately sometimes you just have to let someone go and not let them go but let them experience a binge because it's very unlikely if somebody is experiencing binging or you know just overeating a lot or just struggling with a relationship with food they're not going to come to you in a week's time that's going to be gone it just doesn't happen like that but when they come to you they'll if they feel like they can open up to you they'll be telling you about their binges and then we'll like okay retrace your steps what happened prior to you turn into food and that will usually kind of be their triggers mm-hmm. so we can minimize them and do our best to obviously include balance to figure out where their restriction is coming from to figure out why they're restricted in the first place and usually it's just lack of knowledge like it, it's 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 lack of understanding that restriction actually just makes you exactly like you said just makes you want to have these things more but if you can help someone open their eyes because it's no good like someone who comes to me I'll never ever dictate what to do I'll let them experience it themselves we'll retrace their steps and then we 
that'll open their eyes. There's no, it's no point me saying, oh, I think it's coming for stress or I think it's coming from anxiety because they haven't seen that. So they actually need to experience it. Come to me with that issue. Tell me how it happened. And then there, it's like, it's just, it creates awareness. And when you have awareness around something, you can change it then. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that's so brilliant. And you obviously mentioned that kind of all or nothing mindset. But before we kind of get on to that, because that's definitely something I think is so common. Um, I think it's important to note as well, like, I think sometimes people can view trainers or coaches as these people that are against them. And like, I know it was something that when I first started training that I would love to go to a gym and somebody just yell at me and shout at me and just tell me what to do. But when you say that they're like, you're not going to just like give them a list of do this, do that. And then cool. Like, there you go. We're actually on your side and we're here to build that trust, like you said, and we're never going to judge. We're never going to say, you know, you shouldn't have done that. That's really embarrassing or that's really bad. So for anybody listening who might be, you know, struggling with their relationship with food and maybe thinking about getting a coach, like obviously it's hard, like it might be a little bit of process to pick the right one. And I don't mean that against any other coaches in the industry, but it's, the point of having a coach is somebody that's there to like support you and guide you and obviously not just tell you you're great all the time like but somebody who does it in a way that is I suppose and the one thing that we both find with EIQ was that it's such a compassionate coaching course so being compassionate is not like that just saying to yourself oh I'm gonna sleep in like every morning because I know that's really what I want to do it's doing what your future self would thank you for so that might be one morning you know going up to going to the gym because you know that that's going to be you're going to thank yourself later on that day and then other mornings it might be hitting the snooze you know on your alarm and saying I'm really exhausted I'm listening to my body I need to take you know a a sleep in this morning um yeah I think that's sorry to interrupt um but I think that's literally balance in itself exactly how you put it like you know what I mean there will be days where you push through and there will be days you won't push through um but I know for me I don't know about you but I definitely struggled finding my feet with like dealing with people and like figuring out you know what works you know should I be shouting at someone should I be giving out to someone and I know for me at the start it almost felt like I don't know, I wasn't big into the compassionate side of coaching. I didn't know what my niche was. I didn't know where I was going with coaching. I just knew I was coaching. So it was like, okay, maybe, maybe work, like maybe giving out does work best or maybe, you know, dictating to someone does work best and that's, that's what they need. But it's like, when you obviously learn how you like to coach, and I know for me now is how I like to coach is to open someone's eyes, open someone's eyes to what they're actually doing rather than me being like, yeah, if you just do X, Y, and Z, you'll get Y results or whatever, you know, because that doesn't help anyone really. And like, if your coach is making you feel embarrassed or you're feeling embarrassed saying something to your coach and it's giving you that icky feeling, unfortunately, that's your tell tail sign that that coach is not for you. Um, and that might be a hard thing for people to realize. But I know for me, like I've been with a coach who I couldn't ever be honest with because that coach didn't align with me. It's nothing about that coach. It's just that for me, that process didn't work. And it's important for you before you go with a coach to to talk to them, to chat to them, but also to know if they, they align with you. You'll know how you feel when you're obviously chatting to a coach. But I also think just before you get a bad taste in your mouth from a certain coach and then be afraid of the rest of us, just know that there's actually some decent coaches out there. Um, and we actually don't want to just like a good thing. That some, I think my old coach gave to me and she was absolutely brilliant, but was like, I'm not your mom. Like yeah. I'm not going to shout at you. I shouldn't have to shout at you. I shouldn't have to give out to you. I will call you out on your bullshit, but I'm not going to shout at you. And that's exactly kind of what I do now is like, right. If someone's lying to me, I'm just going to say it out straight. I'm not going to beat around the bush because you're, you're paying me essentially to help you. So you're only lying to yourself, but I also, I'm not going to scream and kick and shout when you don't do something that I want you to do. Yeah. It's making them understand that, again, we're we're here to help them. So they need to be honest with us, yes. um, which can be hard to do because like that, I've been in the same scenario as you. I've had a coach where it's like, if I ever tell them that I've gone on a night out and had a few drinks, oh my God. And then they'll be like, oh, Saturday night, great. You stuck to your calories exactly on point. And I'm like, ah, plus a few cocktails and a takeaway. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's a horrible feeling. It's really, it's not a nice feeling at all. 
Um, and yeah, I think exactly what you said. It's that gut feeling of like, it's just, this isn't right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So going back to that all or nothing mindset, something that like, I describe myself as an all or nothing person. So I, this is something I really, really had to work on. Um, and for anybody that might know, I was living in the States, um, when I was 15 and I was playing tennis, my first year of school was like the laziest person ever. Like I didn't play tennis. I was just partying, socializing. And yes, you can do that in boarding school. Like just living my life, like eating in my uh, dorm room with my friends till like five o'clock in the morning. We had school at 7.30 in the morning, like just really <laughs> there. but I loved it. I don't regret it. But my second year, I was like, Vicky, you need to get your shit together. So I went right to the other end of the spectrum and I was like training seven hours a day. I was getting much better grades in school, studying like for you know four hours a day and just really, you know, just totally the opposite. So I definitely am somebody that struggles with that balance I've gotten so much better at it but it is still something that I still have to think about and go no no doing something's better than doing nothing or you know it's not about going 100% and again we were saying this beforehand uh preaching and teaching that to our clients really is a great reminder for us as well because we're not perfect but what are your tips when it comes to improving that all or nothing mindset yeah I think um I, yeah again I think you described that absolutely perfectly but like the all or nothing like mentality it might like for me I've healed it with food but it still crops up in other areas of my yeah. life because that is something that's probably been ingrained into me for so long and like I mean we could get deep and probably go back to like okay where is that originating from obviously when you're a child you know trying to be perfect to probably get validation elsewhere um but it's still it does still crop up and it's one of those things that you just kind of have to you have to catch yourself on but like when you've the awareness of it so if you create the awareness awareness when it's in your relationship with food and you know okay I have this all or nothing mentality it makes it so much easier for you to then spot it in other areas of your life whether it be work whether it be training you know whether it just be how you approach friendships or relationships etc so I think if we're just speaking, I, well, I suppose it goes and it goes for all areas of your life, but just with regards to obviously food is like challenging that all or nothing mentality. Because if you don't challenge it, you're never, ever going to get out of it. So challenging it with some balance, but that doesn't mean like you have to go completely off the rails. It just looks like, okay, what, like, what's the worst thing that can happen if we have like 80% decent foods and 20% the things that we genuinely enjoy, but people forget that your 80% foods, like the nutritious foods, can come from things that you actually enjoy. It doesn't have to be chicken, rice and broccoli. Yeah. Like it should be things that, you know, like, I don't know, spaghetti bolognese is the first thing that's coming to my head, but things yeah. that you actually enjoy that you'd never find on like a meal plan or, you know, if that's not on your meal plan or things that you don't like or like things that you do like are not on your meal plan. It's probably coming from, you know, not having that balance in your life. So challenging firstly the all or nothing mentality you know but I think being aware that you're challenging it writing down your wins acknowledging it because it's no good having it and then being like oh yeah this week I'm going to challenge like one taw and you don't do anything afterwards like this is why it's obviously useful to have the likes of yourself or myself as a coach because it's like okay well we will keep you accountable to challenging that all or nothing mentality we're not going to let you away with just being like yeah I'll do it this week and then never do it again yeah it is something that you have to constantly work on but like I said and like we did say at the start it's like your relationship with food but it's not something that's monotonous or something that drains you it's something that you challenge a couple of times and it becomes normal then yeah and it becomes something that you just you all of a sudden now have this bit of balance in your life and you're like I'm a new bitch <laughs> but I also think um just compassion I think a lot of us I don't know about you but I definitely didn't have any compassion for myself it was always like you know, you have to do this 100% or nothing, or, you know, you're worthless, or you're, you're not going to achieve, or you're not going to succeed, or you're not going to do really, really well, and it was always, this was applied to every area of my life, it was like, okay, if I get up early, you know, that means I'm going to succeed, or if I do x, y, and z, or if I don't snooze my alarm, it, it comes into, so many people have it in so many different areas of their lives, and then when it comes to food, it's like, okay, well, if I don't do this 100%, it means that I'm getting no results, and that's why you show someone that, okay, well, you can have a bit of compassion. It actually works probably more in your favor than being hard on yourself. 
and you can have the 80 20% rule and you can still achieve results. And once people see that, and once again, you open their eyes to that, they want it, but they have to be able to, it's like they have to be able to see it or they have to be able to feel that feeling of like, wow, I feel like lighter. I feel like I don't have to be so hard on myself. Yeah. And I think something to remember and that I definitely was that person who would go into the gym put my earphones in I actually didn't even put any music on when I was in the gym because I was like I just don't want anyone to talk to me I'm here to train I'm hardcore and I'm just going to do my own thing like that was me back in like 2018 2019 it's not fun like it's so just boring and I know I totally understand I respect people who are like no I actually enjoy that's my me time totally get that that's different they enjoy that but for me it was coming from that all or nothing of like if I'm not 100% pushing myself in this session, I'm going to be really pissed off when I leave the gym. And like, I, like somebody might walk up to me and I'd be like stressing out in my head being like, oh my God, I'm not getting this perfect session right. And it's just like, that's not enjoyable. And and like I said, totally get when people go in and they want to put their earphones in just zone out. That's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. Mine was coming from a place of like, I, if I don't do this perfectly, I'm going to be really upset. And I had a coach at the time and I used, he was absolutely brilliant and so, so helpful when it came to my relationship with food. And he like summed it up for me and he's like, look, think of it like this. You have hundred percent of your sessions, 20% are going to be amazing. Like you're going to be on fire. You're like hitting PBs. You're you know doing brilliant. 20, another 20% is going to be absolutely shit. Like you're going to not want to be there. You're going to walk, want to walk out that door like every five minutes, but you just, push through it and not again from a hardcore perspective but just like don't expect any great things to happen in that session 60% is just you ticking the boxes and that 60% of just going in and ticking the boxes really took that pressure off for me and I was like okay I don't have to be perfect all the time I don't have to you know if I take a three minute rest as opposed to a two minute rest that's okay and he was like that's fine like this is the process is about you learning how you can get results without being perfect and so true and you'll know that as well like it's not about being perfect because let's face it nobody on this planet is perfect it's about consistency and showing up every day and doing the best that you can and then knowing having that self-compassion to say no my body is really feeling it today I've got a lot of work going on or outside factors so I'm going to take a rest day today and it's it's hard to know when to call it and when to not but like like exactly what you've said it's through that experience and it's through that oh I feel like I pushed myself way too much last week and now I'm burnt out okay Mm -hmm. lesson learned I'm not going to do that next time yeah I think that was an interesting thing you said I I don't know I brought a thought up there when you were saying um or when you were saying something there and it was about I was just thinking like how like for you it was sessions and for some other people it's sessions and some people it's food and whatever else but it's like we're constantly looking to be perfect and like for somebody else to tell us that oh you're doing you know you're really pushing this session you're doing fantastic and it's like when you think of the reasons as to why we try and be this all or nothing or like you have to do it 100% I think it's like when I was obviously like doing I was doing that talk for EIQ um back in September and I remember one of the topics that I done it on was like actually perfectionism and that all or nothing mentality and it was actually so interesting to learn that obviously when someone doesn't do it 100% it's like they have those feelings of failure and like worthlessness and that was definitely I something that I think I dealt with was because it was like for so long even in let's say younger years maybe I was just looking for validation whether it be off a parent or friends or you know I was never taught to give that validation to myself so you find it's it crops up it's it's actually an amazing weird process life is but it crops up then in other areas of your life as you start to get older and you're like wow this is why I have the all or nothing mentality it's because I'm trying to be this perfect person to get validation off it could be anybody it could be your coach it could be your friends it could be just random people to tell you yeah you're doing a great job or you know you really push hard in your sessions and it gives you that like it's almost like a dopamine hit that you're like wow I know I'm doing great even though you feel shit in yourself somebody else has told me so that must mean that I'm doing great so if you can teach someone to shift away it's not obviously easier it's easier said than done but like exactly like you said give that compassion to themselves but also validate themselves to know no actually like celebrate that win because you're doing fucking great yeah yeah no that's that's brilliant advice it's funny isn't it and it's I think oh. every single person struggles with it yeah really it's a wild process it is, isn't it? it is it's like 
it's a mind fuck really (laughs) um so okay moving on to another topic that I think and I know this and I'm sure you know this from being a woman body image is one of those speaking of mind fucks body image is one of those um what are certain things or some things that we can do to help improve it um I think firstly it seems so simple and easy but it's like stepping away from things that make you feel uncomfortable like I used to take pictures almost to punish myself you know if I had a takeaway or I had a really like bad weekend of binge and I used to just step on the scales or I'd take a photo or I'd do something and be like yes I knew you were shit I knew you were doing a bad job I knew you were getting bigger or something like that and like just even like wearing comfortable clothes Mm -hmm. it's like it, it sounds so weird and it's like why would anyone do it but like even just trying on things that you know aren't gonna fit and it's so funny because I had this actually the other day I was going out for dinner and I had these pair of jeans from like back when I was absolutely tiny I think they were like a size four or a size six and they're absolutely stunning jeans and I went to put them on and I was like why did I, like I don't know what and now it didn't bother me actually in the slightest which I suppose now oh, reflecting how on how far it, you've come is a huge win so I put them on and I was like okay oh, that doesn't even go up one leg like stop it stop trying to put them on but I just think we do weird things to almost it's like that um confirmation bias it's yeah. like you you find these things that are like yes you are a failure or if you believe that you're a failure you'll find every reason to believe that so if you're believing or you're telling yourself constantly you know you're x y and z or you're you know what I mean about your body you'll look for reasons to do that so we'll do weird shit like step on the scales try on clothes that no longer fit us make ourselves feel uncomfortable so I think for me firstly it's all about comfort and wearing things that you're actually genuinely comfortable in first and foremost and not doing stupid things like that now I know it seems like I'm saying stupid and it's not me being insensitive because I know that that was something that I used to do but it's more like catch yourself know that you're trying to punish yourself here it's almost like Um, preempt like preempt like and, and I, I totally agree I've been there myself before where I and this was I suppose really hard thing about coming out of recovery was like and this was something they did tell me in hospital it was like our best suggestion is to buy new clothes when you leave hospital because you'll be so tempted to try on your old clothes and yeah. the point of you obviously being in hospital is to gain weight and get better um, so they are most likely not going to fit you. And there was a couple of times where like I, I did that and some clothes didn't fit. And obviously when you're only just in the process, early days of your recovery, like that's really, really hard. Um, and then surprisingly, maybe like one or two pairs of clothes or pairs of jeans would fit and it would mm-hmm. like give you that satisfaction. But again, like that's such a negative way to think of or to, to think. Yeah. Um, and exactly like I just I I think that's such a good and helpful tip is just like don't go through that stress of feeling like crap and it's the same when it comes to the scales is like people weigh themselves to punish themselves and they it ruins their day and it shouldn't but unfortunately us especially as women it just really just has such an effect on our on our mindset and I just hear like from women who are just so broken mentally from the scales and it's just like my best suggestion just like don't weigh yourself like you know are you progressing in so many other ways and yeah so I I think that's a a really great idea like do what makes you feel comfortable if you're like this could be you know risky if I like try on a pair of clothes don't like get rid of them start fresh and just that'll you'll feel so much better I think even getting someone to just intervene though in that process because there's clients who are with me who don't even don't even have anything wrong with their relationship with food but still have the battle with the scales or you know with their clothes and stuff like that and just their body image and it's not really like the relationship with food could be great but it's just the body image aspect and I think even getting people to like asking the questions rather being like oh well you shouldn't have done that you shouldn't have weighed yourself it's like sometimes people will come to me and be like I weighed myself and I know I shouldn't have and then I'd be like okay well did it add to your life you know what did it do to you and asking getting them to ask that question in future you know when they have that urge to try on the old clothes or you know to step on the scales it's like okay is this going to add to my life if you know if you can make somebody see logically that because when they're doing something like that they're almost like irrational they're, they're doing irrational things so if you can get them to come back to logical and being like 
okay, well, is that actually going to add to my life? Is that going to ruin my day? Exactly like you said, some people's days are absolutely ruined because of it. So if somebody can intervene in the middle of that and that be them, that means that they have to, con- they essentially have to control them for future yeah. to be like, okay, con- like to constantly catch themselves in that period of being like, okay, is this going to add or take away from my life? Uh, yeah, and I think it's, yeah. that's also, yeah, I hope I didn't kind of say that like, giving the impression that like weighing yourself is bad it's actually it's not a bad thing but it's bad when it like controls your thoughts for the rest of the day and I always find um if it has a negative impact on your life so like that it'll cause you or it'll lead to you eating severely restricting your calories for the day or over exercising throughout the day if it has that effect on your day then it's not for you at that moment in time and you most likely will should work on work on that mindset um yeah can I ask because you're into your CrossFit and I'm into my CrossFit as well so I think that's really interesting uh do you feel starting CrossFit has improved your body image yes I do absolutely um but I actually just can I revert back for a second um, I actually had one more thing um so I think as well for your body image like knowing your values like as a person um so like a big value for me is balance and I know that we're having balance in my life like realistically see this is people forget people who have the all or nothing mentality or want to be 100% perfect or want a meal plan or you know want to be shit without a scream that they forget what their values are as a person they might have a family they might really actually enjoy going out and it's like you do realize that you live we live we make decisions based on our values every single day so asking a person who loves balance and loves to go out to then stick to a meal plan to then be super hard on them to then like you know do morning cardio and go to the gym twice a day it's unrealistic and that person is never ever going to achieve it so they're always going to feel like they're letting themselves down or they can never ever achieve it but it's like actually if you just go back even even with my clients now I'll always get them to check in on their values and what they actually value as a person is it you know is it your relationships is it balance um and for some people it mightn't be and for them other people yes crack on stay in on the weekend you don't have to get a takeaway every weekend but for nine times out of ten the people that I coach their values actually is balance and a lot of our relationships I think in Irish culture is built around food mm-hmm. and maybe drink, unfortunately but um that's just how we are and that's okay do you know what I mean because that's where we build relationships and I suppose social connection is obviously super important as well and it, it sounds probably bizarre but social connection when you're dealing with body image is still super important um so if balance and whatever your value is health as well alongside that just know that then you can have that 80 20 rule you can go out and still enjoy yourself but I think for me even now knowing that okay balance is a big thing in my life my relationship with food is a big thing in my life but I am never ever going to sacrifice my relationship with food or balance in order to have a vein pop out my ab mm-hmm. like it's it, it, like you know what I mean it's not gonna happen and I don't actually it's it's funny how things have aligned because I used to feel I don't know about you but such a pressure as a coach to then look a certain way and be a certain way and I was like nobody's gonna want to coach with me if they see my belly jiggle or you know they see me being a human but in fact actually more people want to coach with me now because I'm human and because I have jiggle and I'm never gonna want to get rid of that in order to fit in and look like this amazing coach like I never want to die for that yeah and mine was kind of like the other way around and I suppose it in a way helped me through my recovery but I always felt I will never be a good coach if I don't have any muscle because I was so skinny at a period of time that I was like and like that you could probably say that's good in one way but it's still in that mindset of if I don't look like x people won't um Mm -hmm what's the word people won't view me as somebody that's or trust me as a a good coach or a good trainer one thing I'm sure you find as well people might start with you as a fat loss client and then talking about values Mm -hmm. halfway through or a month in or something they're like you know what I actually don't really value this as much as I thought I would I didn't realize the compromises that I would have to make Um, and they're probably not something that I really want to do while people might look at themselves as a failure for that you and I would say that's brilliant that you've realized that and can now say you know what I love going to the gym I love you know 
eating my you know nutritious foods and at time but I, I really love socializing on the weekends and I don't really care if I go over my cat like having that realization for yourself is amazing it's it's a really great yeah. place to to get to and I think that's huge self-awareness and for somebody to actually like I did I have had that way maybe two clients where it's like okay well this is actually not for me and I don't I don't I no longer want fat loss and there's actually nothing wrong with that yeah. like some people need to let's say need, need to might be the wrong word but we'll go with it for now is like some will have to lose fat for their actual health but some people mightn't and some people might just think because of society and because they've been dieting their whole life that you know what I don't know anything other than diet so let's just diet but it's like if you're making yourself do something not because you think it's benefiting your health but because you're doing it because you know you feel quote-unquote shit in your body or you, you have a bad body image or whatever it is and I've always said that confidence doesn't come from improving your body image like as in like if you lose fat your body image isn't automatically improved because I was as lean as anything and I'm sure you were the exact same and my body image was still shit it's like body image improves and it, like it comes from confidence almost and building your confidence outside of your physical appearance yeah so that thing you were talking about earlier of like relating back to consistency and showing up for yourself and doing the things that you may not want to do today but future you will thank you for you know if you can get into the swing of thinking of what I get my clients to do now is think of everything instead of goals I like them to set goals but I want them to think of everything that they set for themselves in a week as a self-promise because it's so much harder for us like I know I can break a goal but when I know that I have a promise to myself I'm like it almost makes it that much yeah. more serious yeah. you're like okay I need to follow through on this but the more that people follow through on their self-promises the more that their confidence builds and they're like fuck yeah I can do that you know and they no longer feel like oh fuck I failed or I couldn't I knew I could never do that diet or I've been dieting my whole life and I've never managed to do it no it's only because the process is wrong for you or you haven't been taught the right way and you need to be taught the right way um so yeah I think that's obviously another one for body image just building your confidence outside of your aesthetics goal or completely stepping away from an aesthetic goal for a period of time and working on confidence and realizing that confidence doesn't actually come from just fat loss mm. it comes from actually the process of getting to fat loss yeah no I, I totally agree and like that I have so many clients who will say to me like I'm really struggling with my body image right now like I just need to you know lose xyz amount of weight and I'm like that's not going to solve it like you said if anything it's going to make it worse because mm -hmm. you'll be so and I, I think bodybuilders are a good example of this like they will most of them say that their body image is at its worst when they are at their leanest and they're getting ready for a competition which yeah is so is mind-blowing like it's it's really it's really it's mad to think about um but I, I also think having what we would call like your non-scale victories is really important so things that aside from the scales even aside from what your measurements are or what size clothes you're fitting into like what are you doing on a daily and a weekly basis that is such a rewarding thing and such a satisfying thing that's what's going that is are those are the things that are going to keep you going so like that and I know we were, we were kind of briefly touched on CrossFit but for me CrossFit was one of those things where I was like this is the one time I'm in a gym and I'm actually not focused on my appearance I'm focused on how fast I can run like how heavy I can lift and for me as, as well it was the community it was the whole energy that brought me there that I was like for once I'm not going to the gym for an appearance you know reason um, yeah. and that's kind of the mindset that I try to bring into victory fitness is that right us women here it's no shame if you want if you have a fat loss goal and you're in the gym that's that's fine you're not a bad person or it's not a bad thing and that's perfectly okay but when it's your only reason yeah. try to change that or try not change it but try to add more things in that you're focused on and I often like in a consultation form we'll have the first goal is weight loss for a lot of people and then over time as we do their check-ins and we chat they're like, oh, you know what? I really want, you know, a 60 kilo back squat. I really want to hip thrust 100 kilos. And I love hearing those goals because they still haven't let that fat loss goal, you know, disappear. They're still working on it. But I just think when you're in a gym environment that is a lot, is revolves around performance and, you know, getting stronger and getting fitter, yeah. it just gives you so much more enjoyment. And it, it's it's a much easier process to stay in. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think exactly like you said, there's nothing like when we obviously chat about relationships with food, people think that like you can't, and I, I know I said this at the start, people think that you can't do the boat. But the funny thing is, is that people will come to you for fat loss and it's great. I love doing that. But it's like, we'll uncover things maybe about your relationship with food or we'll uncover things about your body image. But as long as you're coached by the right coach for you, it doesn't matter what your goal is because you're going to be coached in the right way. So if someone comes to me with a fat loss goal, but they're binging every single weekend, I have no problem turning around and saying to them, look, fat loss mightn't be, it's not that it's not right now. It's like, we okay, we want to look at your relationship with food. We want to look at why you're binging first and we want to get over that bump in the road first and then we can continue with your fat loss journey. There's no problem with that. Some people will come with, you've probably dealt with just fat loss, a few little bits to work on here and there and the two of them can be done together. Mm. You know, making someone include balance and still working on fat loss at the same time is, is, is more doable than putting them on a restrictive diet the two of them um can be done together so don't think that they can't and you know what I mean there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel what I always say to clients as well who you know are like they're asking me it's like sometimes they'll ask okay like you know I kind of want to lose fat is, is that okay and I'm like absolutely it's, it's absolutely fine if you want to feel more comfortable in your skin like if I want to diet right now because I want to feel more comfortable in my skin I'll go do it you know because I'm doing it because I want to feel yeah. comfortable I want to make myself feel comfortable not because I'm doing it because I think people like me more or anything like that. Um, but I also think the gym and the environment and CrossFit, everything that you spoke about, I actually had an interesting conversation on this that I never, It's it wasn't until we actually had the conversation that I realized, like for me and you, CrossFit worked. And it was an amazing, like it definitely helped me so much. And anyway, I step away from my bodybuilding style. But I forgot that before that, and maybe you as well, like when I went to a coach to work on my relationship with food, she made me feel safe. And when people are dealing with bad relationships with food or, you know, like like just really stressed out, you know, and people forget that bad relationships with food and constantly dying and then constantly, you know, feeling guilty about foods and then burning it off, et cetera, is one huge, big stressful process for your body. So internally, I was so stressed. And I know going to a coach for me made me feel safe first. So before I ever went near CrossFit, my body started to feel like we went from like fight or flight to surviving to then kind of a relaxation of like, okay, somebody has my back here. Somebody is telling me that I can have balance. Somebody is telling me to go out and eat that pastry or go out and eat that chocolate bar. And as funny and as bizarre as it sounds, you kind of need that when you're in that place with food where you're like, okay, somebody has told me, I know it's safe for me to do this and I can do this without feeling like I have to go off and burn it off. And that was probably the first step for both of us was just feeling safe without even realizing until we reflect on it now it's like okay I felt safe first then I changed my goal from this crazy you know wanting to look a certain way and then got went into CrossFit but I think sometimes um I I don't know if you know Orla but I done a podcast with her and she was actually the one who put it to me she was like I just want to obviously say that like you know CrossFit won't do everyone you know and it could put somebody in a more stressed out environment especially if they're really struggling with dieting and that the best thing mightn't be for them to go straight into CrossFit why I think making someone feel safe as we would in their environments or how we coach it makes someone feel safe and then yeah absolutely if you want to try CrossFit it's fucking amazing absolutely and something that as well like I definitely find myself doing this in the past was like kind of what's the word covering giving myself something else and using it as a cover for how I was actually feeling so going to the gym it wasn't actually CrossFit at the time but it was going to the gym because I was like quote unquote recovered but it was just another way for me to burn off calories and like that I'm obviously not in that mindset anymore but that was definitely for like one to two years after my recovery was like oh you know I'm going to the gym because I want to get stronger which was true but in the back of my mind I was like I want to burn the calories and and that's a really that's where you have to be so self-aware and like why are you starting CrossFit or why are you going to the gym and that's just again it takes grabbing a piece of paper and writing that down what is your why and I suppose if it's something because you know you might be struggling it's having that self-awareness of okay maybe exactly what you said um I can't remember the phrase that you you use but I need to relax I need to just yeah 
relax and and learn how yeah. to manage that first and then yeah going to the gym and going to crossfit all those things are not they're not bad they're great things but doing it mm. for the wrong reason is and I think that's when we go back to like what's the mindset behind the action like what are you thinking as you do whatever yeah. it is you're, you're doing that's actually a brilliant um, way I actually didn't think of that essential phrase of just being like okay well are you going to you know that'll make someone realize straight away are you going to crossfit just because you see that it's a high intensity place to work out when you're doing it to burn calories thankfully like when I look back on joining crossfit it genuinely was never ever that for me because I think at that time I had taken my watch off and everything else so that was like completely different for me but if you're joining something purely because you want to burn calories then think of internally how much more stressed your body is going to be because crossfit is is super intense you know right it's intense it's yeah. very, very intense. Um, I have a couple of rapid fire questions for the end, um, just for a bit of fun. But what is your favorite breakfast? Favorite breakfast? Okay, I'm actually gonna have to go with this. Is so not fitness, but it's an actually a fry. Just I love a fry. Love, like for me, it's oh, like I love it. A restaurant and there's black pudding on the menu. I'm like, <laughs> I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. And I am Jewish, so I'm really not supposed to eat it. But <laughs> I didn't know that. That's so yeah. Fun, fun fact. Um, so favorite music artist? Do 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 do. Um, Justin Bieber. Sorry, I know. Love. I'm so gay. No, I love that. I love that. Um, and your favorite book? Favorite book doesn't have to be health related. It can be literally whatever. Um, it ends with us fictional Colleen Hoover I think that's how you say her name oh my god that had me so many people are are on the Colleen Hoover hype I please I've never read that never read any of her books oh no. god you need to go read it right now it had me literally like I had the whole story in my head imagined and it had me I know some girls are gonna relate or maybe I'm just a toxic bitch but I'm like it had me wanting I'm not gonna tell you what it is but basically had me wanting toxic, toxicity in a relationship. Like, I was like, Kira, you are a red flag walking. <laughs> that is brilliant. Oh my God. Okay, that's gonna, I'm actually going to Rome this weekend. So that's gonna be my book for the plane. Um. So yes, I'm definitely gonna get that. Um, so lastly, Kira, where can people find you? Be it socials, website, uh, let us know. Um. So Instagram, you can find me at Kira o- Connor coaching um my website is just kiraoconnor.ie and I'm actually doing a lot on my TikTok at the moment so you can find me over there which is just I think it's Kira O'Connor coaching or something like that but you'll find me somehow um so yeah thank you for having me brilliant thank you so much Kira for joining I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Kira and no doubt she took loads of helpful tips from it If you find it useful, I would love for you to share it with your friends, family, or anyone else you think might find it useful, as this really helps in growing the podcast. For more info, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Vicky Cornick, as well as my gym page at victory underscore fitness underscore IE. This is where you can also check out our 28-day trial that we run for half price. Lastly, if you're wanting to get updates for future episodes, which include some incredible guests, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.